He is amazing. He is faithful. He is our provider, our protector, our shield, our rock, our redeemer. He's all that and more. Words fall short of even being able to ascribe to him his glory and his awesomeness. It's good to be in the house of the Lord today. We're thankful. This season of fall is a great time of year uh, because it's towards the end of the year. It's the last quarter. If you're a business guy, it's the last quarter of the year. It's a great time to, to evaluate and to try and make some maybe adjustments at the end of the year. Make sure that you're walking with the Lord. Make sure that you're being faithful to what you set out in 2021 to accomplish. Maybe you had some goals, and this is a great time to, to look at where you're at in achieving those goals. This sermon series, hopefully, has prompted you to think seriously about your spiritual walk, where you are. Uh, we've learned through this sermon series, Fall in Love with God. We've learned that love grows. There's no doubt about it. Love grows. It either grows cold or it grows hot. Love's going to grow. Uh, a love that is not kindled, a love that is not paid attention to, a love that is not nurtured will grow cold. A love that is monitored, a love that is nurtured, a love that is thought about and, and is, is developed will grow hot. That, that flame and, and that fire will burn. And when we enter into the season of fall, I, I'm so thankful that, that God has given us seasons, aren't you? You know, we may live in Louisiana. We may only have two seasons. We may not have all four here. But listen to me. I, I'm thankful that there's a, there's a season of change. And I'm thankful, you know, it just so happens in the last couple of weeks, those leaves are really turning the color of this picture that I stole off of Google Images. But I tell you what, if you drive by Butch's house, Butch, this kind of looks like your driveway. Amen? Uh, and, and now that the leaves are finally changing and you see the orange and the gold and the ambers, it's really beautiful. And I love this time of year. For many of you, it's your favorite time of year. Um, and it just it causes me to think about an old Toby Mac song, <laughs> Made to Love You. And some of the lyrics say this. Look, the, the lyrics to this song are very powerful. Whatever happened to a passion I could live for? And what became of the flame that made me feel more? And when did I forget, Toby Mac asked, when did I forget that I was made to love you? I was made to find you. I was made just for you, made to adore you. I was made to love. And be loved by you. It's a good song. And, and the lyrics should cause you to think about your walk with Christ, your relationship, and where you're at. Because listen, we were made to have a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. We were made to have that relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. And, and today I want us to see that Christ is calling you to get out of that comfort zone, to get out of the mediocre, to quit settling for less, to really walk with Christ and to give him your best. He wants you to try something a little different. And in this season of fall, this is a good time to try.
try something new. And so if you have your Bibles this morning, go ahead and open them to the Gospel of John, chapter 21. John, in the New Testament, chapter 21. We're going to read from verses 1 through 11. And when you've found your place in God's Word, would you please stand so that we can show reverence for the reading of God's Word. John chapter 21, beginning at verse 1. So it says in God's word, After this, Jesus revealed himself again to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, or Sea of Galilee. So in other words, where you're at in John chapter 21 is after the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, but right before the ascension. He revealed himself in this way, Simon Peter... Thomas, called twin, Nathaniel from Cana of Galilee, Zebedee's sons, and two others of his disciples were together. I'm going fishing, Simon Peter said to them. We're coming with you, they told him. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Turn to your neighbor and say, not a good night of fishing. When daybreak came, Jesus stood on the shore. However, the disciples did not know it was Jesus. Men, Jesus called them, you don't have any fish, do you? Turn to your neighbor and say, rub it in. <laughs> no, they answered. Cast the net on the right side, or your translation may say other side of the boat, he told them, and you'll find some. So they did, and they were unable to haul it in because of the large number of fish. Therefore, the disciple, the one Jesus loved, said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he tied his outer garment around him, for he was stripped, and plunged into the sea. But since they were not far from land, about a hundred yards away, the other disciple came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish. When they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish lying on it and bread. Bring some of the fish you just caught, Jesus told them. So Simon Peter got up and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. Even though there were so many, the net was not torn. Even though... There were so many, the net was not torn. Let us pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, speak to our hearts today through the reading of your holy word and by the moving of your Holy Spirit. Hide me behind that old rugged cross that these here today wouldn't see me or hear from me because that's not what they need. They need to see and hear you. Have your way, Lord God, in this service. We thank you for your presence and we do declare today how great thou art in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. The disciples that Jesus is speaking to here in John chapter 21 were very experienced fishermen. In fact, it's so interesting to me that it names these disciples that Jesus encountered. And these disciples, at least two of them, owned their own fishing business. So if you own your own fishing business, you probably know a thing or two about catching fish. And if you're the other disciples that are named, and your field, your career, 
is fishing, you probably know the sweet spots on the lake. You probably know how to catch fish. You know where to go to catch fish. And on this Sea of Galilee, or Sea of Tiberias, it is a fresh water source there in the middle of Israel. It is 12 miles from the northern shore to the southern shore. And it is 8 miles from the western shore to the eastern shore. And it is a very popular spot in Israel. Because, quite frankly, it's a lake, but it's very deep. And it's fresh water. And in case you don't know this about the Middle East, there's not a whole lot of that. So the fact that they have this beautiful lake in the middle of, uh, of Israel, in the middle of the Middle East, which is known for its desert sands, they, they are very thankful for that lake. And there's a lot of fishermen in that area of Galilee. And the disciples that Jesus encountered knew a thing or two about fishing. And yet they fished all night, it says in Scripture, and they caught nothing. Now listen to me, an experienced fisherman knows that even if you know where the sweet spots are, even if you fish a lot, there's going to be days where you don't catch anything. But how many of you would agree that a bad day fishing is better than a good day at work? Hello? <laughs> and so that wouldn't be rare. There would be times where maybe due to the season, maybe due to the bait, maybe due to the net, maybe due to a number of factors, you didn't have a good day. And on this day, these experienced fishermen, even though they knew about fishing, even though they knew about the lake they were on, they hauled in an empty net. And they were discouraged and, and they were disappointed. Yet Jesus tells these experienced fishermen, cast your net on the right side of the boat. Now, it's, it, they had fished all night. I hope you understand this. They were exhausted. They had been out on that sea all day and all night and hadn't, hadn't caught anything. They're coming into shore. They didn't recognize Jesus, maybe because of the distance. It says they were about 100 yards away. They didn't recognize him. They, they couldn't make out who he was. They're done. Do you understand that? Their shift is over. They have an empty net, but so be it. We'll get something out of the out of the freezer. Hello, we'll go to the Yeti, and we'll get what we caught a couple of weeks ago. Amen? They're done fishing. They're coming into the shore, and he challenges them. And he says to them, try the other side. Try something different. And he's speaking to experienced fishermen. And I want you to put yourself in their sandal for a minute. They fished all night. They caught nothing. And this joker's on the shore. Don't you just love when somebody sees you putting the air in a, in a, in a flat tire? You got a flat? <laughs> no, uh-uh. The other side just swole up on me. I mean, they, 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 they ask you an obvious question. Maybe they're just trying to make small talk. But here's a guy standing on the shore. You've been out on the lake all night. You have nothing. And he has the audacity to rub it in and to tell you, you ain't got nothing to you. What was it, the empty net that we were just pulling in that gave it away? Uh, we need to be better guys. We need to be better at this, guys. What was it that the empty net that you're dragging in? They fished all night. Look, look what it, Men, you don't have any fish, do you? You don't have any. Your net is empty. No, they answered. Cast the net on the right side of the boat, the other side. So, listen to me. 
They had the net. They were hauling it in from the left side of the boat. He tells them, these experienced fishermen, try the other side. Cast the net on the right side of the boat. You just fished all night, but listen to what I'm telling you. Cast your net on the other side. And there are many times in your spiritual walk where you keep doing the same thing the same way, and then you don't understand why nothing changes. And you go, you get mediocre, you grow lukewarm, and we know what happens when we're lukewarm. We get spit out, we get vomited out. But there are times in your spiritual walk where you've done the same thing, it's mediocre, it's mundane, it's boring. You know, it's Veterans Day today, and we're so appreciative of those that have sacrificed so much and given of their their lives, many of them, and given of their dedication and their time to serve this country, to have the freedoms and liberties that you and I take for granted on a daily basis. It wasn't Veterans Day, but one Memorial Day, a little boy was standing in the foyer of the church where they had a plaque on the wall that was in recognition of the soldiers that had died in service, and it had their name on this plaque that were members of that church, and they had paid the ultimate price for the freedoms of this country, and they had died in service. And the preacher noticed this little boy's out there in the foyer looking up at that plaque, and that little boy's just in awe. And so the preacher goes out there, and he says, young boy, do you know what that's there for? And that little boy said, uh-uh. And he said, that is an honor of those who died in service. And that little boy said, wow, morning service or evening service? <laughs> but sometimes we just go through the motions of a church service. Just another Sunday, we've heard another sermon, we sang more songs. We, we drop the dollar or two in the offering plate, and, and we go through it, and we wonder why we're not growing. We wonder why we're still empty on the inside. Jesus would say to you the same thing he said to the disciples, cast the net on the other side. Try something a little different. Try something new. Try me. Jesus would challenge you to do things differently. Jesus showed them, in fact, it's very intentional here, the point that Jesus makes. He asked the disciples to cast the nets on the other side, or the right side of the boat, and he's making a clear distinction between effort and faith-filled effort. If you take notes, this would be a good thing to write down in your sermon notes section there of your bulletin. There is a difference between effort and faith-filled effort. Make no mistake, effort is always a part of your walk, a part of your responsibilities. You're supposed to give an effort. You're supposed to, and I know work is a four-letter word for a lot of people. They don't want to work. They don't want to do, they don't want to do anything that causes them to, to get out of their comfort zone, but Jesus is challenging us to get out of that comfort zone. And there's a difference between effort and faith-filled effort. Effort is just going through the motions. Just going through the motions. Faith-filled effort is where you try something in faith, and you try something, and you believe that by faith it's going to work out. You believe by faith that God's got a greater plan than anything you could ask or imagine. By faith, you believe that God's going to show up and show out. By faith, God's going to stir some stuff up. Faith-filled effort is different than just effort. 
Maybe you've tried something before and it just didn't work out. Well, let me ask you this. Were you truly, were, did you do it in faith-filled effort or were you just going through the motions? Maybe a previous time at a previous church you did something or you tried something and it just didn't work out. And yet now, because it didn't work out previously, you're not willing to try something different. You're not willing to cast that net on the other side. Oh, I tried. I tried. Not going to do it. Not for me. You've been doing it your way for a long time. And so let me ask you something very serious today, but very sincere. You've been doing it your way. How's that working out for you? See, if we just stop and think about it, we stop and think long enough about where we're at in our relationships, where we're at in our walk with the Lord, where we're at, and, and, and you've been trying it your way, and you've done things the, the way you've tried before, and you're disappointed, you're discouraged, Jesus is challenging you to try it his way, to quit going with your motives, your intentions, your methods, and to try it his way. And by the way, changing up things is a good thing. This may sound quite simple, but for me, it, it works. My wife can testify to this. On nights that I can't go to sleep real quick, you know what I do? I take my pillow and I flip it over on the cool side. I love the cool side of the pillow. And I'm just going to tell you right now, praise the Lord, uh, I'm 45 years old and I don't have trouble sleeping. Uh, I lay down, uh, don't have no pillow talk with me, because here's what you're going to hear. <laughs> I don't know, I, listen, I don't know what it is, I don't know how, what, why, and uh, I, I don't, you know, mean to sound prideful about it, because the Lord knows that, you know, uh, it could go away, my melatonin or whatever can get lower, I don't know, but I'm just going to tell you, I had no trouble sleeping, but on nights that I have, I just flip the pillow. It may sound simple, but can I tell you this? There may be something that you're doing that one simple little change could change your walk with Christ. I think sometimes we think it's, it's, it's got to be that mission trip to, to, uh, to Uganda, or we got to do something drastic, or we got to shave our head, or we got to do something crazy. What if there was just one little simple step, one simple change in your prayer life, in your Bible study? in your giving or offering to the church, one little simple change that all of a sudden made it different. Jesus is challenging us to try something different. I want to challenge you this morning. If, you are, if you're struggling, because I know some of you have told me before, Brother Chad, I am ADHD. I, I cannot focus. I try and pray, and everything distracts me. Okay, listen to me. Watch this. In your prayer time, you got to have an appointment with God. Do you have that? Let's start there. Make an appointment with God. You say, I'm not a morning person. Okay, well, move your time a little bit. But have an appointment with God. I'm not the one who tells you what time to meet with him. But you figure out a time. And if you have struggled, if, you, if your, your prayer life has been mundane, I want you to try this right here. Have your iPhone close by or something and try some meditation music. Try putting it on some piano like we play at the very beginning of our service. Something that may not have words that would distract you or may not have a fast beat that would throw you off and, you know, you start dancing or something because the Lord knows we don't want to do that if we're Baptist. Hello. Um, but try having something that, that can engage you. You know, I, 
I was never a good student, and in college at uh, Northwestern, I don't remember who it was, but a professor talked about playing classical music while you study. And I was never into classical music, but listen to what I'm about to tell you. I started, I bought a CD that had Mozart on it and Beethoven and other names, Bach and other names that I couldn't even pronounce. And, and I used to play it while I was studying. And I'm telling you right now, I would listen to that music while I'm studying, and then when the next day when I'd go into class and have the exam, when I would start answering those questions, I could hear Mozart playing. And I went from barely graduating high school. I'm not ashamed to say this is part of my testimony. Uh, out of a class of 218, I graduated 220. And when y'all figure that out, I'll, you, know, you let me know. I went from that to a student at Northwestern with a high GPA and graduated with two bachelor degrees. And I attribute it to one little simple change in my study time. Study was boring. Study, I, I couldn't stay focused, but something about playing that classical music and just a soft piano and looking over the professor's notes helped me to absorb it better. I'm telling you right now, sometimes it's the simple little things that you do, including Jesus saying, try the other side of the boat. Cast the net on the other side. You've been trying the left side of the boat, try the right side. That doesn't sound too drastic to me. You just hauled in the nets from the left side of the boat, and there's this guy on the shore telling you to try the right side of the boat. A boat, even the boat that Jesus was in, was no more than about eight foot in eight foot in width. Eight foot in width. In fact, one of the places that we go to in Israel is called the, the Jesus boat. And no one really believes that it's the exact same boat that Jesus used, but it's from the first century. It's from the same time period. It was preserved in mud on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. Uh, 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 not an archaeologist, but a young person that was looking for coins found that, petrified, preserved in the mud. They were able to get it out of that and keep it intact as much as they could, and it's now in a museum. But the width of it is only about eight to nine foot. And so if I'm casting my net on the left side of the boat, I mean, let's just get real here, casting on the right side of the boat is not a huge distance. It's not a huge drastic change. Some of you won't change because you think it's got to be something drastic or it's got to be something, you know, earth-shattering. No, sometimes it's just a simple change to your prayer life, just a simple change to your Bible study that can all of a sudden make it come alive and make that passion and fire burn again that you've been desperate for but are you willing to work for it? Are you willing to try something a little different? Your prayer life doesn't need to use some King James language, these and vowels, be as thou knowest. You don't have to talk like they do in a British movie. We declared our independence from them last time I checked, so you don't have to speak with a British accent when you pray. Just pray from your heart. It's a conversation with God. It's a conversation with God when you pray. We aren't growing spiritually, and that fire has fizzled. It's not what it used to be. It's not burning. Try something different. Try the other side. Try something different. Doing things differently and doing things differently. Doing different things and doing things differently can sometimes make all the difference. Let's go back to those fishermen. They've been fishing all night. They were experienced. When the man on the shore told them to cast the net on the right side, their pride could have interfered with a blessing. Their pride could have interfered with a blessing. Just as your pride sometimes says, I know what I'm doing. 
I like things my way. I'm going to do it how I'm accustomed to. And sometimes your pride just will, will cause there to be a hindrance to receiving that blessing or receiving that answer to prayer. The fisherman could have said, uh, thank you very much, but uh, we know what things will be like this. And they'd have missed out. How about this, their exhaustion? Some of you say, I'm just, ugh, worked all week. I'm just so tired. I'm just so exhausted. Those disciples could have said, we ain't got no energy for that. We've been fishing all night. Their, their exhaustion could have caused them to miss out on a blessing from the Lord. They could have just said, oh, well, no, we're good. We're tired. We're, we're calling it quits. They would have missed out on what the Bible says was a catch of large fish. And it gives you the exact number. Did any of you ever think about why it says that, 153? 153, an exact, precise number, very specific. So check this out. Some scholars look at it from the humorous standpoint and say that fishermen are prone to exaggerate. And so some scholars have said they numbered it 153 because you know these fishermen would have said, we caught nearly 200 fish. No, it was 153. But then other scholars say, they point out that in the Hebrew alphabet, which would include Aleph, Bet, Gamal, Hey, Belet, Hey, Way, Zion, the, the Hebrew alphabet, every letter has a numerical equivalent. Every letter has a value. Aleph has a value. Bet has a value. Gamma has a, a value. Every letter in the Hebrew alphabet has a numerical equivalent. And when you do the num numerical equivalent of 153, it's Ami Elohim. I am God. He stood on the shore, and they didn't recognize him from the distance. And they catch 153. Ami Elohim. I am God. I'm just going to tell you this. I'm thankful for a bunch of disciples that fished all night and caught nothing. Because what they experienced that next morning was revolutionary. They experienced that listening to the Lord and making one little change, one small step can make all the difference. To go from catching nothing in your net to 153 from a man standing on the shore that you don't even recognize. But look what happens right here in the part of the story where it says, in fact it says, uh, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, so in other words, Go back up to verse 6 when he tells them, cast the net on the right side of the boat, he told them, and you'll find some. So they did, and they were unable to haul it in because of the large number of fish. Therefore, the disciple, the one Jesus loved, who is John, John said to Peter, it is the Lord. Based on the fact that they went from the left side of the boat to the right side of the boat and caught a large catch, 153 to be exact, that showed to John, who then told Peter, it's the Lord. And Peter ties a garment around his waist and dies in it. 
100 yards from the shore because he's so excited at what's just been displayed, God's glory. It's just been displayed to go from an empty net to 153, so big that you can't even haul it in, but also not too heavy that it breaks the net. Have you given much thought to that? The fact that it points out that they had this large haul of fish, but it did not break the net. There's two, There's a lot of miracles here, but there's two specifically. That they fished all night and caught nothing. They tried the other side and they catch 153. That's a miracle. But the second miracle is the net didn't break. The fact that you catch that many fish and the nets that they used didn't tear, didn't, didn't break, didn't grab, unravel. When you listen to God and you do what he says, you get to witness a great display of God's glory. You get to participate in a miracle. And so here's what I want to ask you. You've been doing your you've been doing things your way for quite a while. What are you missing out on because you're not trying the other side? What are you missing out on because you're not taking any steps? To kindle that love that you once had, that passion that was once there. Don't just give effort. Give faith-filled effort. Try something different. And I want, I want to really challenge you today, instead of just broad brush, I want to get real specific. And I want, to, I want to challenge some of you here today. You know this, and I know this. You took the spiritual gifts test, or, or you feel led by the Lord to teach, but you're not currently teaching. Teach that class. Try something a little different. Help in the nursery. Help with the children's ministry. Help with the youth ministry. Serve a meal at a shelter this holiday season. Instead of focusing all on you and yours, what if you went to a shelter and, and helped feed the, the most, uh, the, those that are in, in the most need in our community? Volunteer at CASA. If you uh, know anything about our community, you know that there's a lot of families and a lot of children that that. Are, are under a lot of stress and a lot of drama in their their households. And CASA acts as a, as a, as a, a protector for these children and a defender of these children. And, and I know Brother Larry could help you if you were willing to volunteer and, and be an advocate for these kids because I'm just going to tell you, there's a lot of parents out there that a long time ago shouldn't have been able to have children. Hello? There's a lot of abuse and a lot of neglect. But those children need an advocate because their mama and daddy are not their advocate. So check with Larry about volunteering for, that's one of many uh, volunteer organizations in our community that helps those that are less fortunate. Uh, go on a mission trip with just your family or with our church. I'm going to tell you right now, that's one of my goals as your pastor for 2022 is that a handful, at least of us, we go on a mission trip in 2022. We tried it in years past, and then there was this weird thing called COVID that messed up a lot of that. But we're going to reboot, reload, and, and we're going to go on a mission trip in 2022. How about this? Here's another thing. Try, and, try the casting the net on the other side. Maybe, maybe your idea of tithes is you give when you have something left over at the end of the month, or you give just a little bit. You kind of tip God. Uh, so I want to challenge you in that, and I, I listen, I, I know that, that we can't all give the same amount, and it's not about equal giving, but it is about equal sacrifice, and so I want to challenge you, if you're not giving to the point that it's sacrificial, then is that really giving? 
I want you to pray about giving a little more. You got basically two months, less than two months, left in this year. What could you give into that offering instead of just giving him leftovers, instead of just giving him a tip? Here's another one. I, from where I sit and when I walk around during the, the singing part of the service, there's a lot of good singers in this, in this church, and they're not all up on this stage. And so I'm just going to challenge you. Why don't you use your, your talent where you're gifted and get up here in the choir and sing? The Bible says make a joyful noise. Let him determine what's joyful. Hello? There's a lot of talent in Jubilee Baptist Church, but some of it is not being used. And some of it's not being plugged in and cultivated. And so something as simple as you using where you're gifted, something as simple as you giving a little more, serving a little more, doing a little more, that small maybe change in your, in your walk can make a tremendous difference. Fall in love with God. Because it's the greatest thing that could ever happen. Let us pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we ask today, Lord, during this time of the service that we call the invitation.